0: Hubris, round one, group two. This piece is titled, Exit, Pursued by a Ghost. Content warnings for this episode are some swearing and sword fighting sounds.
1: Miss- Miss
2: Torres? It's, uh, pretty dark in here. I've worked the booth before. Do you want me to go bring house lights up? I don't know how your previous manager ran this theater, Ms. Hayes, but- Cassie is fine. I do not believe it will be necessary to raise our electric bill for the sake of one person's rehearsal. The ghost light should be more than enough. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's just that, uh, uh, Travis actually broke his leg in this theater. Like, right over there, earlier tonight. And I'm known to be a little clumsy myself?
2: That had nothing to do with lighting or clutter, and everything to do with the fact that good Mr. Spangenberg could not keep the late King of Scotland's name out of his mouth outside of a scene.
1: Oh, come on. You don't believe in the whole curse thing, right? It was just bad luck. God's sake! The show's
2: title is mixed up. enough of that, Miss Hayes. Classy. I don't appreciate having to bring in an understudy the day before opening night, much less an understudy for my understudy. Now, I have called an emergency dress rehearsal in twelve hours. In the interim, we must turn you into a tragic king, driven mad with ambition and guilt. Do you think you have it in you? I mean, in second grade I
1: cheated on a musical instrument quiz, and the guilt overwhelmed me to the point that I had a
2: breakdown in front of my music teacher. I can work with that. First things first, I suppose. How is your line memorization going? Good. Really good. I think tonight we'll mostly be running the bits that trip me up
1: and doing blocking. Ah, And which bits are those? Uh, mainly this big monologue on page 39. It's uh, Act 1, Scene 7, at the top. <clears throat> if it were done when tis done, then twere well it were done quickly. If the assassination could tremble up the consequence and catch with his sire- six- six- Damn it. Let me try again. If it were done- If twere done when it is done, then twere- <laughs> No, Wait. It's, if it were done when tis done, then twere well it were done quickly. If the assassination, if the assassination, uh, the assassination, could trammel up
2: the, the line. Okay, take a breath first. Let's run a bit of dialogue to get you into the swing of things. How about page 103, act three, scene four. We'll pick up from Lady Macbeth's Are You a Man? Are you a man? I, and a bold one that dare look on that which might appal the devil. Oh, proper stuff! This is the very painting of your fear, blah, blah, blah. Why do you make such faces, when all's done? You look but on a stool. Prithee, see, there, behold, look!
1: And then I turn to the ghost, and say, Lo, how say you?
3: Why, why, what what care I? I? I?
1: If thou Thou canst nod, speak too. too. If charnel-houses and, charnel charnel houses and our, graves our graves must send those that we bury back, our monuments our shall be the moths of heights. kites. Miss Torres? Are you okay? Um, it's, it's Lady Macbeth's line now.
2: Uh, uh, no. I found my place. What? Quite unmanned in folly? If I stand here, I saw him. Fie, Fie for, for shame. shame. <laughs>
1: Are you sure you're okay, Miss Taurus? It's just that you might need to be able to read that script later.
2: I'm... I'm fine. I'm... fine. Let's shift gears. Let's warm up with some stage combat. You have not used swords before, correct? That's right. Just uh, hand-to-hand in staves. I'm
1: excited, though. I've always wanted to learn more combat types. Staves were fun, but I kept hitting the other dude's fingers.
2: On guard? Not quite. Perhaps we will learn to hold a sword before we begin to brandish it. If we must. Okay. I want you to block me. I'll be going forward, to your left, at half speed.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: And, uh, how fast is half speed, technically? And by block, what do you mean, exactly? Ah, half speed is just slow and controlled, like this. And by block, I mean raise the sword with both hands at a diagonal, about a foot away from your face, so that I can't quite get to you. Try it now. Good. Now do it again, twice. And I'm going to switch directions the second time. All right. Twice again, full speed. Then I'll block you twice. Ready?
4: Ha! Ha-ha! Ha! Ha! Keep that spine <clears> straight. <throat> Go. Raise your arm. on your feet.
1: Mind your ah. own business. Sorry, what did you say? Oh!
2: I'm okay. Imagine my relief. I'll get the work lights and a broom. I'm okay too,
3: if anyone cares. I can't
4: imagine anyone would.
3: (gasps) But shit.
4: Glass. Uh, who said that? In all my time in the theater, I have never seen such utter disrespect for the words of Shakespeare as when you have spoken them. Oh,
3: give it a rest, Grandma. No one wants your stale-ass interpretations anymore. I beg your pardon, you insolent little... Why do you think no one came to that great bid, last hurrah of yours? <laughs> because you're boring. Who's going to sit there and listen to Gertrude deliver the same tired version of the description of Ophelia's death? Where's the zip, the zing, the pizzazz? And you think your performances were superior? Where was your technique? And relying on
4: a microphone... <laughs> In my day, we took our vocal training seriously. We didn't mumble our way through and call it naturalistic dialogue. We spoke.
3: You spoke dull words no one cares about unless you give them some passion. Passion? You want to talk about passion? I I see, I see.
4: Passion, like when you screamed every word of the Get Thee to a Nunnery speech as though Ophelia was sat a mile away. Where was the nuance? Where was the thought? And don't get me started about how often you had your back to the audience. Oh!
3: Oh, oh yes, it would have been so much more interesting to spend that entire speech facing straight out staring dead-eyed at the back row, right? Mine had people jumping out of their seats because they were startled, not because they were invested.
4: Uh-huh. Tell that to sold-out houses. Yes, well, people will spend money to see all sorts of disasters. It's called morbid curiosity. <sighs>
2: Do you two ever give it a
4: rest? How can I ever rest with this one jabbering at me constantly about how his
3: performances were so electric? Right, because you're so familiar with the concept of electricity. When did you die again, same year as the globe was closed for the plague? Says the man too young to rent a car in this country. (laughs) Besides, how can I rest when she won't shut up about her method and her technique and her Laurence Olivier? Show some respect.
2: Retire. Enough! I'm in the middle of a rehearsal. We only have tonight to get this roll down to a science, and if you two can't settle down for long enough for us to figure this out, so help me, I will call an exorcist. You'd be shocked what sorts of services you can just Google these days. Hello. Uh, hi. Just a quick question. What on Earth is going on here? (sighs) Meet the ghosts. The what? The grand lady one is Cecily Wolverhampton. The one who looks like an extra in rent is Daniel Proctor. Hey! Don't wear that coat, and I won't make that comment.
3: Besides, I played Roger. Okay. Okay.
1: Miss Wolverhampton, Mr. Proctor, pleasure to meet you. I'm Cassie. Follow-up question to the first one. We have ghosts? Oh,
2: sure. Always have had... The Ghost Light wasn't just because of tradition, and it wasn't about keeping ghosts away out of fear. It's about keeping them away because they always interfere. Some of them, for example, think it's funny to enforce the curse of the Scottish play. In my defense, I did not realize
3: how close Travis was to the edge of the stage, or that he would get so jumpy when I whispered
2: in his ear. Yeah, he's really into ASMR. Into what? Don't worry about it. Now, here's a not particularly fun fact. Directors can see ghosts all the time. We generally keep that to ourselves. Actors are a superstitious bunch, and I refuse to validate them. Anyway, if the ghost light isn't on when it's supposed to be, well, the ghosts can get a little more visible than I prefer. So, so people have died here?
3: Oh, dear. No, not at all. I died in Jersey. And I died in London. So... How? Whenever an actor dies, their spirit is assigned to a theater at random. And if the theater closes, we get
4: reassigned. And before you ask, no, we regrettably do not get to file requests. I have yet to set so much as a spectral toe into the old Vic,
3: and I weep every night for it. I used to haunt a little black box that was running itself out of a basement of a tire shop in Kansas. My first was a lovely place in Bolivia. So, yeah... After both the theaters shut down, we got booted and stuck here together. Usually it's just one ghost to a playing space, but, well... Apparently this place was so fresh and new... The newer theaters get extra hauntings. Helps break them in.
2: And that's the story of how these two became the bane of my existence. Two ghosts, a girl, and a theater place. All caught up, ready to focus? Sure. Yeah. Now, if you two don't mind, we really need to get back to it. Of course. My apologies. We'll be out of your way. As quiet as church mice. Uh, Don't replace the bulb yet,
3: though. I just want to go peek around backstage. Haven't been out in a while. I'd love to see what set pieces are still laying around in the shop. And I'll make sure he doesn't get into any trouble.
2: Whatever gets you both out of my way. You
1: okay? I'm still processing the fact that ghosts exist and are talking with me, but
2: yeah, sure. Ignore them. God knows I do. Let's take the soliloquy again. Start from besides this Duncan, okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, besides,
1: besides, this, this stunk, dunc- besides this Duncan hath borne his facilities so meek, hath
2: been- Pause. It's- Faculties, Not facilities.
1: Ah, damn it.
2: Damn it. I'll admit that I might be a little distracted, but- Listen. You're hardly the first actor to struggle with this, and you won't be the last. Every show I've ever done, every single actor has that one line they just can't quite get. That for whatever reason gives them trouble. Sometimes it's a whole speech that trips them up. (laughs) Hell, I once was in a play where the line- help me out here just would not come out right no matter what I did. I had to keep trying and trying and trying until I could finally just do it on autopilot the right way. So stop overthinking it and beating yourself up and just trust yourself to get it right, okay? I'm putting my faith in you. Now you need to do the same. (sighs) Ah. Besides... Sweet!
3: wouldn't you do a Little Shop of Horrors? I love that show. Feed me, Seymour. Get out of that, puppet. Uh, I think you mean don't feed the plant,
4: Madame von Wolverhampton. It's a good thing you're already dead or I'd strangle
2: you with your own vines. Knock it the hell off! I have a priest in my contacts and I will not hesitate. Sorry. My apologies.
3: Anyway. Although. Yeah, actually. If I uh, might interject. I think I can help. You. Me, in fact. You
2: can help me by passing on. Heaven. Hell. I don't care. I beg you. She's too in her head. Don't think
3: about the words. Be the words. Let the lines flow, you know. Think like. Being roots of a tree or a river twisting your way around the speech. Don't listen to this drama
4: school dropout. Oh, forget silly acting exercises and focus on the language. Every last syllable has a meaning. William Shakespeare did not spend all that time on iambic pentameter just for fun. Have you even done
3: your scansion? My... my, my scantron.
4: Dear Lord.
3: I don't need scansion. Storing strips never helped me. And
2: pretending to be a willow never helped me. Excuse me, is either of you the director here? Just curious. Uh,
3: Well, whatever you're doing isn't getting through to her. It's been 30 minutes. The poor girl is flailing. Hey!
1: I am not flailing. I am floundering, at worst.
3: There is no refuge in synonyms, dear. (laughs) Look, just humor me, okay? Cassie, stand center stage. Now, follow what I do. Shake it out. Shake, 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 like a one-woman earthquake. Good. Now, stretch up. Yeah, good, high as you can, and let it out. And hang for a minute. Good. Now, roll slowly up, vertebrae by vertebrae. Roll your shoulders back.
4: And this looks
3: absurd. Lift that chin high. See? Look at that gorgeous posture. That's a king's posture right there if I ever saw it. How do you feel? Powerful? Towering? I... yeah... Yeah,
1: a little, actually. Now then, speak the speech. If it were done when tis done, then twere well it were done quickly. If the assassination could trammel up the consequence and catch with his surcease success, that but this blow might be the be-all and the end-all here, but here, upon this bank and shoal of time, we'd jump the life to come. Better, better, but, my dear, You've got to
4: have more conviction. Feel it in the pit of your stomach. Imagine embers burning there stoked by the centuries-old language. Feel the thousands of voices who have uttered these words before and let
1: them out. Continue. But in these cases we still have judgment here. That we but teach bloody instructions which, being taught, return to plague the inventor— this even-handed justice commends the ingredients of our poisoned chalice to our own lips.
3: Okay. Okay, we're getting somewhere. Gotta admit, that fire-breathing ancient language technique, not bad. And I suppose whatever gets
4: the girl to stop slumping isn't a terrible idea. Okay, it looks like we're doing this then.
1: Let's take it from the top. Okay, I enter downstage left with Banquo. So foul and fair a day How I have lost
3: to call to fours.
1: I what see thee yet the... in form as palpable as this which I now draw. <sighs> and then I draw my great dagger and turn towards the king's quarters. Thou marshallest me the way I was going.
4: A fugue state is no excuse for poor diction.
2: Whoa, alas, what? In our house? <laughs> I'm swept away by your acting. Oh, it's too cruel anywhere.
3: Dear Duff, I prithee, contradict thyself and say tis not so. And then
1: I enter stage right with Lennox and Ross, and we're all bloody and shell-shocked and stuff. I say, had I but died an hour before this chance, I had lived a blessed time. I had lived a blessed time. Blessed dear. I enter from the house right aisle, fearfully, how now, you secret black-and-midnight-hangs! What is it you do? A deed without a name. I will not yield to kiss the ground before young Malcolm's feet, and to be baited with the rabble's curse. Though Burnham would be come to Dunsinane, and thou opposed being of no woman born, yet I will try the last. Before my body I throw my warlike shield. Leon Macduff. And damned be him that first cries, "Hold enough!" On en guard! Ha.
3: ha!
2: Ha! 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 Ah! Ah! Uh. Thou hast slain me, fearsome specter. This isn't Julius Caesar, Miss Hayes. You don't get a last quippy one-liner as you die.
3: It's Gassy. I did kill her, though. Y'all saw it, right? Years of ghostry and I still got it. I suppose I've seen worse form.
2: And that's our breakfast break before the cast gets here for the emergency rehearsal. I... Uh, I must admit, I'm very impressed. Yeah? Really? And far less worried than I was when we began. You're
3: welcome. Yeah... Any time.
2: I didn't actually say thank you.
3: Yeah, well, we saved you the trouble of showering us with praise. You're welcome for that, too. I'll say it.
1: Thank you, both of you. I feel ready.
3: I, uh, I suppose you could say we really lifted your spirits, huh? (laughs) You'll do wonderfully, dear.
4: And we'll be watching from our usual seats.
3: Yeah, you'll have a smooty, enthusiastic cheering section for sure.
2: All right, as nice as this has been, and I can't believe that wasn't sarcasm, I need to replace the bulb on the ghost light before the cast gets here. Are you two ready to vanish again?
4: Yes, yes, I suppose so.
2: Play nice from behind the veil, okay?
3: I will if she does.
2: Well then, how about some coffee? Or there's that gas station on Fifth that sells caffeine shots, and I'll turn a blind eye if that's what you need to keep going. I'd <sighs> love
1: some. Coffee, not straight caffeine.
2: To each their own, I suppose. Come on. There's a nice little place around the corner. We can be there and back before the rest of the cast arrives. On the way, we should talk about some adjustments we may need to make once we've got everyone on stage for the banquet.
4: Emergency rehearsal at this hour of course there would be and of course I'm the one who has to go wrangle all the actors Like I'm herding cats. Oh, no, they'll be fine. Just make sure they've got plenty of caffeine Yeah, easy for you to say Taurus. You're not the one who has to be backstage with them for the next 16 hours. ah <laughs> I won't <watch it>. shake.
0: <laughs> hmm
4: Guess it's time to put this away. Sun's up and all <laughs> barely May we all break some legs, but Not, like, Travis. And
0: here we go. This episode was written by Caroline Minks and Molly Alexander. It was directed by Cole Burkhart, with dialogue editing by Cole Burkhart, and sound design by Trace Callahan. Music was made by Trace Callahan. Cassie Hayes was voiced by Molly Alexander. David Proctor was voiced by Cole Burkhart. Miss Torres was voiced by Trace Callahan. And Cecily Wolverhampton and stage manager Tabitha were voiced by Caroline Minks. The transcript was by Caroline Minks.